that that's important to have is a, a vision for your life, right? Right. What is it you want to accomplish in your life? Because sometimes when you're going through something, it's easier to deal with if you know it's a difficult thing, but you have a plan where you don't necessarily see yourself in that for the rest of your life, right? If you're only going to be there for a year because you, you know that you need to be someplace else or you, you have planned to be somewhere else. It makes it a lot easier to deal with whatever difficulty you're going through at that time, right? Right. You know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel rather than, oh, I'm trapped here forever. So perspective then becomes really important, right? Um, a, a good perspective of, of who you are and what you're doing and what you're looking to accomplish. Um, you know, when, uh, when, I, when I got married trying to so i you know before i got married i i would have those crazy hours stuff like that and and it was okay because i, I kind of had a bit, bit of a goal of some things that i wanted to achieve and i knew that i needed to learn right i knew like the stuff i didn't know so i i needed to learn it so i i was willing to do that but it was hard too right and and what i learned as i was kind of going through that phase was just how demanding uh people can be on you and you feel like you have to submit to that but it was interesting. Um, I took some courses around that time on time management, and I realized that part of my problem was how I viewed my time and how I viewed events and that happened in my time. And you may have taken some courses on time management where they, they talk about, well, what's important versus not important, right? There's things that need to be done now and things that can wait, right? Mm-hmm, right. And there's a matrix of, of those things, right? So sometimes someone can ask you for something, but you're under authority, like your boss or whatever. Right. So your boss might ask you for something or someone else that you are associated with may ask you for something. And because of who they are asking for it, you feel the pressure of having to do it. And sometimes those things take up a lot of time. And so you end up spending hours and hours trying to meet those needs. Mm -hmm. But for those people, they're kind of important or not important, but they give you the impression that they're important. So so then you find yourself running yourself ragged. And then the most discouraging thing is if like you're your someone asks you to do something and you spend all the time to get it done and they just they they say thanks and then you just put it to the side and move on to something else and you realize oh okay <laughs> so then i started to realize okay I needed to organize my day according to uh, what I thought was important and then ask questions, right? So I realized, for example, uh, I have an eight hour day at work. I have things I need to do at home and I'm only being paid for eight hours. (laughs) So I would, I would, uh, whenever someone would come with a request, then I would, I would not commit to that. I would ask them some questions like, how important is this to you? When do you need it by? And because I had set up a schedule for myself, then I would offer them times within my own schedule. So if they said uh, that that was important to them, right? Well, everything's important to the person who's wanting something, right? So then I say, okay, well, um, these are the time slots that I have. Can I give it you at this time? And nine times out of 10, it answered the question. Uh, okay and then the other thing was if i had a conflicting quest and if my boss was among the people who was making those requests i would tell him well this is going to take me x amount of time and that's going to take me y amount of time which one is more important (laughs) which one do you want and then he would have to make the decision i didn't have that pressure on myself to make those decisions so essentially what was happening here was i was managing my time i was learning to manage my time right and according to my own time and schedule and people were comfortable with that. They were cool with that, right? If they if they came and asked me for something, I didn't just assume that they needed it right, right away. 
And I could tell them, well, what if I give it you next week at this time? And they would evaluate it. If they needed it sooner, they would say, well, um, if I can get it by this time, then I could shuffle things, my my own schedule, and do it within a schedule that I created, which it just alleviated a lot of stress from from me, right? So that was that was one thing. And you know, I learned some things through after I got married and and we took a a marriage course together where we learned about communication, learning just how important that is even within within marriage, maybe even more so uh, within marriage and how important it was for, for me and my wife to make time. You have all of these things that are pressing in on your time Again, all that are important, but you need to identify what's really important, right? In in your in the life in, in your family, and um, so what we identified was it was really important for us to have and make time for each other, and so you know setting time aside for us to just get out and do things, you know, and of course that would require some planning as well, you know. So and so this goes, you know, same kind of thing, right? Where if you're communicating and you know you want to keep fit, you maybe you want to play basketball or soccer and just communicating with your wife because there's going to be things that she would like to do as well and so having that communication where you're talking you know just like when you're at work and you're trying to manage your time you say you talk about your schedules and what you'd like to do and and when you can do them and if you have kids how you can manage that dynamic as well right and then that just it just takes a whole lot of stress off because now you're communicating everybody knows what their schedules are and you're working together to uh, achieve a schedule that works for everybody right and so this active. I, I don't know if that's natural. I certainly didn't find it natural, but I, I certainly learned it as a result of some maybe hard knocks, but also taking that course made me realize that. And then how we communicate too. They say words are the, the um, smallest part of communication, right? You know, yeah. um, it's all in how you say things and uh, how you, what your mannerism are, is, and you know, what your facial expressions are. All of these things go into, into how we communicate with each other as well. All of those things help to help me to be able to manage time. I, I would say that there's still a lot of things I don't do well. Like I, I, I've wanted to get back to playing some soccer and basketball and I just haven't uh, gotten to it. And some of it's some of the decisions that we've made. I wish I had done some things a little bit better. Like, you know, I think you asked that question a little bit earlier. I, you know, as far as just managing my weight, for example, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, doing a better job of that, which is important just for your health and just being able to be effective, you know, as a, as a husband and a, as a father and even at, at work, right? And being healthy that way now that answer <laughs> oh no trust me that that really does answer and the the thing you said about work really resonates because <laughs> where i used to work everyone always had something they needed done right now yeah and then it got to a point where you just had to tell them you know I can't be in two places at once. What's more important? You know, what do you want me to do? And then, you know, you make them decide, you know, instead of taking all this stuff on yourself right. and then you're overburdened. And then when you do more, then they expect you to do more. Right. They're never satisfied. So if I might add, one of the things over my career, I've seen the development of the, the cell phone. So at the beginning of my, my career, it was, uh, you know, phone at your desk. And then the pages came out and then the cell phone came out. So it's interesting because it, at the beginning of my career, if you went home, you were home from work. Right. Right. Because you didn't take your phone home with you. But over the over the period of time, it became, well, then you're taking your phone home with you. But it was interesting because, you know, as the 
at the proliferation of cell phones, uh, companies were requiring you to, to get a cell phone and then requiring you to respond. And so you find yourself getting calls into the evening to, and of course with laptops, mm. right? You're getting calls into the evening asking you to do things, respond to emails and things like that. So one of the things I learned was uh, along, and, and again, this goes with the time management, is to manage um, your devices too. So I, I made a decision and um, I said, okay, well, I would I would train people <laughs> right by at a certain time. I would answer my phone maybe up to six o'clock. After six o'clock, I didn't answer the phone. So I could see I could see someone calling, but I, I trained myself. You know, it took a bit of training not to respond, not to respond to emails when, when that became uh, the norm where you could actually get your emails on your phone. I wouldn't respond to emails until after a certain time. So then there's not that expectation because if you are responding, and I did see it, if you are responding your, to your emails at 12, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, then they people expect, expect you. you to respond, right? And I find that's the biggest trap because it's like the one time you do it, then it happens again, and then there's an expectation that builds. Right, exactly, exactly. So you learn to, it's all part of, taking control of your time, right? And managing these devices, right? And it's interesting now because uh, we're seeing that go beyond the work world and into our personal lives, right? Where, and we deal with it even within our own family where, you know, people are, they have the devices and they're looking at their devices and you, you don't really have that communication right. that you might've had, had the devices not been there. And so that becomes really important, right? Because our relationship, you know, your relationships become something different if you allow that to happen, right? We're not talking to each other. We're not communicating to each other. And that can have a devastating effect, right? When you're not talking and communicating because then people start to assume things right, and set up expectations expectations that are not necessarily right expectations right so and and you all know we all know that messaging uh communi- communicating through messaging or twitter is just not good communication because no. you can send a message that is well meant and it be taken in a poor way and then now you're dealing with a bigger problem and then because people aren't willing to face each other to deal with those problems you just keep messaging and it just gets worse and worse and worse until you get unfriended right (laughs) (laughs) that is a huge problem that i've noticed you know ever since i would say high school for myself because that's when iphone 4 came out and when iphone 4 came out then it was a lot easier to know text people send people memes and all that kind of stuff it wasn't like the flip phone you know with the 3g and i've noticed that in some past relationships that i've had where like you know you go out with a young lady and then she's just on her phone and you know you're just sitting there and it's like you have no communication no contact you don't know who she's talking to what's going on we're on the other end you know with if um with your friends too right it's really hard to communicate through text because you can't display emotion right you know there's a lot of stuff you lose so i almost think um if I, if I could just oh yeah sure uh, you know and for you for you as a young man like you know and you start to set up a little some standards for yourself it's kind of like that whole setting of an expectation right and so if you know that this is a big problem with people you know when you're you know and, and this is just an idea right but if you're going to go out with the person you're communicating with and you say hey you know um i like it when i when i go on a date that we don't take our cell phone right right or you, you know you just you make up some or you know or some portion of the, the time 
you know, we're we're gonna, you know, you make up a rule you, way beforehand, so everyone understands that, right? And you you may tell them why you you feel that way, and and then that way, you know, you you're able to you know get to really get to really get to know someone, right? And then if someone just absolutely refuses, maybe send that sends a message <laughs> to you as well, <laughs> you know, about um, what that person considers to be important. I'm not really sure, like what it, I, I mean, the whole um, I know we're going way off topic here but the whole um dating world has changed so much now it's just a totally different way of thinking and so i think for for young men and young women they have to really get uh creative if they really want to find someone who is going to be kind of down to earth and and someone that isn't going to be like caught up in you know all of the uh, social media thing i think we were talking about kevin durant earlier right oh yeah account, so burner accounts yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people they're really into that and it affects the way that they um live their life right and they really can be affected by what other people are saying in a in a virtual world right it's not mm-hmm. even, not even really real the whole social media thing that's that's um something else on its own that's like a whole nother topic yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the final subject area I really felt it was important to to ask you on this. When it comes to, as a father, spending quality time with your children, there's a quick question I wanted to ask you is, does it, does the quality time, like, you know, the activities, you know, the events, like what you talk about, does it change, you know, based on the child's gender? And of course, I'm assuming, <laughs> I'm making the assumption that there's only two genders here. That's a good you know, assumption. <laughs> whether they are male or they are female i i think so i mean but although i i think that setting aside the time with that person particularly in mind probably makes a big difference now i'll just say at the outset i mean i don't know that i've done a really good job with that like setting aside that quality time mm-hmm. with each i mean i spent a lot of time with all my kids together but actually setting aside the time individually for them is something that i'm just uh continue, I'm, I'm still working on right and um i'm hoping i can do a lot better and you and i think you raised a question earlier about having learned it you know from the first kids that we had into the into the grandkids right and um just uh one of that's one of the things is just trying to set that time aside right and and there's a number of reasons why i just i haven't been as good at that Mm -hmm. right but you know for sure just to answer your question directly you know thinking about it's like almost like you know buying a gift for someone right you could buy like a generic gift right but if you took the time to find one that's just for that person then it can make all the difference right right so you know when you're when you're setting aside time for for the kids just thinking about them and what they like and what like they would like to do would be good but then at the same time also just spending time for our kids a lot of times is just that's good enough <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, one thing i know i did with isaiah i i one day I just decided, okay, I took a few days off work and he took a few days off school and then we just drove down to Pennsylvania hmm. and uh, went to see a play and then I visited some family and then we went and saw basketball and did a game in Detroit. Wow. And that, was a, that was a lot of fun because we, we got to talk on the long it was a driven drive trip mm-hmm. right? so we drove and talked and now i only did that with him once i need to do it again <laughs> but um when i was thinking about it I, I i was thinking about it with him in mind what would he like and um it, it cost us a little bit but it was worth it right i mm-hmm. mean you 
Uh, at the time, maybe it was a little stressful to think about how you're going to pay for it. But when I look back, it's like, yeah, <laughs> what a big, no big deal. Right? It was well worth it. Right. The yeah. time you spend is a lot more important than the money because you can always earn the money back. Right. Another really important question that I want to ask, because a lot of people, when we think of fatherhood or parenthood in general, we think of it, you know, like, okay, the kids are left, left the nest. I can go retire, live on my own kind of a thing. But... Especially in your own life, how have you noticed the relationships with your children, how they have changed, you know, after like they've left the nest and like what are some of the things you you still do for them as a father? Because, of course, you know, you still care for them like they're their own people now and they have their own ideas and they just kind of made up their mind on how they want to live. But, you know, like fatherhood, it doesn't end. That's a tough one for us because, as you know, uh, the first two were stepped Right. And the next two are still home and then they have grandkids. So if specifically about the first two, when they when they first left home for each of them, uh, it was kind of probably in difficult situation. But I, I guess I would say they're always on your mind. You make yourself available. Right. And, you know, and I remember when I when I when I left home, I just started to live my own life. I just wasn't I was just busy doing things right, mm-hmm. like doing doing things, living my life. And then I would go see my parents, you know, when I would think about it. Um, I probably should have visited them more than they did, than mm. I did. Um, I did I did visit them a lot, but uh, probably not enough. And then, so for, for our kids, and, and as you know, like for one of them, we're looking after their grandkids. Mm-hmm. Whenever, whenever they've had a need, we've been there. But I, I don't, for me personally, I don't chase them. Mm. But I welcome them if they if they come, right? Right. And but that, I mean that is an interesting question, right? Because maybe maybe I should follow up with them more and stuff like that. But you know uh, that, that's a tough one for me. Like I mean that I could get into a big huge conversation about about that. But even with but even with Isaiah and Kendra who are still home and they're you know, I mean they're into they're into adulthood, going to school and things like that. We found that even them they they're getting into doing their own thing, right? And, right. And you want them to have the freedom to be able to do that, right? But know that, hey, if you need anything, we're here for you, right? And the concern is always there for them. Like, we always have that concern. And they know that um, if they ever need anything, we're always here for them, right? And our biggest concern for all of our kids is that they um, that they have a relationship with God, that they build on that relationship with God. Because I think maybe as I mentioned earlier, that really at the end of the day, that's really what matters, right? You you can get stuff, you can get a lot of stuff, but um, the Bible tells us it fades, right? You buy a new car, the first day you buy it, it's the most wonderful thing. You start driving it and then it starts wearing down and then eventually you're junking it, right? <laughs> and so you realize that, you know, you get stuff and the stuff wears out and, and then it's, it's gone and then you're on to the next thing, right? So we want them to to understand that there's something there's something in life that is valuable that will never wear out it will never fade this is first peter right right um it'll never go bad it'll never dest- decay and that's what you want to be about right because everything else does right people can let you down things can get destroyed or disappear right and when you place your value in those things then it's it can become very difficult to deal with right you you can find yourself a little bit lost right and and i'm sure you've seen like even people who are extremely wealthy uh still end up being unhappy 
because they think that that wealth is going to change or do something right but i just you know i see i see even with the little we have mm-hmm. you see that right you see um it can almost be uh you want the next thing but then you're always chasing something because <laughs> this thing gets old or you know you get bored with it or you know whatever whatever the case is right you mm-hmm. see on the next and so you're just chasing 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 things the things that matter to you the most are uh, the people in your life that you love, the relationship that we can have in Jesus Christ, which satisfies because it's eternal. And that's kind of, we have this eternal longing in us, right? Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. The last the last question I have to ask uh, also deals with spending time, but in a different sense. What does your quality time look like as you lead your children to Christ? And even, you know, your like adult children, Leading, leading our children to Christ, you know, uh, in Deuteronomy, it talks about, you know, um, as you walk in the way, like you walk, I can't remember exactly, but, you know, just in the daily living of life. Right. It talks about to, like, write the word on your doorpost and yeah. to remember yeah. it as you wake up and when you lie down. Yeah, as it as it relates to our relationship with Christ, when we when our kids are young, they'll believe they believe more of what you say. They trust you. As they get older, they start to question because their minds become questioning. Maybe they see more of your flaws as you get older. So the the relationship changes, right? As they question and they come into their own minds and see the world, right? As they're growing up, right? So they're pairing what you've told them and what they're learning against what they're learning on their own with their friends in school and then they're dealing with their own desires and their own goals and vision for their life and so what what we found is just just being consistent and just to love them right and talking to their heart because you know as I as I get older and I realize that um, even more and more and more how true God's word is how much it applies to every part of our life it's been born out of my a lot of my own experiences as well as my own study of God's word right so for for someone who's a young person and they're coming through of course someone who listens and you know learning as they hear it's, it's always better right but um sometimes if you you have desires you said you were studying james and he, he talks about that too right right you know you you're gonna have desires that um you have to contend with and you have to make a decision with it's only the only thing you have to judge of that with is god's wisdom which is found in his word and so when place when when faced with it you 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 struggle with what God says and what you desire. Mm-hmm. You have to make a decision about it, right? And so, for for us dealing with our children, you we we realize you do your very best to help them to understand that um, God loves them and that He wants the best for them. We love them, want the best for them. Everything that we're we're telling them is for their good. And while we're not perfect, we're we we highly desire for God's will in our own life and for His His will in their life, right? And so as we as we you know we talk to them and it's, if we see hey you know you're you may want to think about that you know and just um try to again just speak to their heart about what what's going on in their heart and what what god is saying you know about what they're having to deal with and then um and again just in love and and, and gentleness uh, uh teaching them that right and we for our family we're very much involved in the activities of church mm-hmm. um so 
just making sure you know we we kind of we we try to live it um not just not just by by going to church and participating in activities but you know even as we deal with other people as we see people in need um trying to be helpful to them right and to help to meet their need wherever whatever that need might be modeling trying to model the, the life of a christian right so they, they see that and um they at least have something concrete right that they can look back on right and right it's not just about saying all these nice things but being a hearer and doer also of the word yeah yeah and and then also just trying to be um honest about you know your our, our own walk you know with christ the own the struggles and and um the joys mm-hmm. of having to, to live a christian life and then i you know you hope we pray you know that god will work in their heart right we we uh you know like for isaiah and kendra they're very very much involved in in the church life and by god's grace i mean they've even decided to take on some leadership roles which is which has been great and um but we know that even if even when you're in leadership you it, it can't be oh i'm doing this thing so that makes me more of a christian right right it's not it's not you're not your Christianity isn't determined what you do no matter what you're doing or what level of Christianity you get to right it's about your heart right and and how do you feel about Jesus Christ and and why are you doing it do you really love him and do you really want to do what he's asked you to do right do you are you passionate about that right it's a question we all have to ask and so I try to try to communicate that in a way that we in a way that we live modeling our life and then when we're having conversations with them but as I mentioned to you too I I I could do better, you know, when it comes to the one-on-one, you know, modeling of that, you know, and I'm trying to do better. By God's grace, I still see where this life is hope. <laughs> it's alive, so. Okay. All right, Mr. Bennett, I really appreciate you taking all the time to do this interview and to share some, shed some light and wisdom on a topic that a lot of people you know seem like they've abandoned or for even forgotten well well you know what um thank thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk about it and uh be reminded of some of those things myself and um yeah it's been fun thanks